crew on a mission, an actress's big break. The only thing between them and their dreams is a giant gorilla. All this telling me one thing, we're comparing King Kong on this episode of Retro versus Remake. Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake. This is the series where we compare movies to their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are King Kong. Dun, dun, dun. Absolutely. King Kong 1933, starring Frey Ray, Robert Armstrong, Bruce Cabot, Frank Riker, Sam Hardy, Noble Johnson, Steve Clemente and Victor Wong, directed by Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Schotzak. Screenplay by James Ashmore Creelman and Ruth Rose. The music by Max Steiner. King Kong 1976, starring Jeff Bridges, The Dude Abides, Jessica <laughs> Lang, Charles Grodin, John Rudolph, Renee Arbor Jonas, Ed Lauder, Julius Harris, Jack O'Halloran, and Peter Cullen as the voice of King Kong, uncredited. Directed by John Gehrman, screenplay by Lorenzo Simple Jr., music by John Barry. Dan, what is your first experience with King Kong? My first experience with these particular King Kong films is mostly for this podcast. I had absolutely never seen the original King Kong. It's definitely probably at this point in my life, it's the earliest film I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen anything as early as 1933. The remake, I haven't really seen either, but I have maybe, you know, come across it when it's been on, like, cable back in the day. And I always came across the same scene where uh, King Kong's kind of undressing Jessica Lang. For some reason, every time, it was just, I always just happened to come across that scene. So that's the most experience I've had with either film. A weird superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I go right to the nude scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, same, same for me. Like, pretty much my experience with these films... It, for this uh was for this podcast um i do have a photo and i'm gonna try to add that to this uh <laughs> to this i have a photo of myself at universal studios mm. at the king kong ride with yep. my dad <laughs> there you go right and you get to pose in the king kong's hand, hand like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i was i went on that same ride too 1994 nice. nice yeah probably around the same time yeah, 94. That's about right. I was pretty young, and uh, even that was a pretty cool effect. I'm sure we'll be talking about effects quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, being that this was our first real experience uh, watching these Kong films, I'll break us down with a quick synopsis. A seafaring crew of men set out on an expedition to an exotic location in hopes of attaining riches. Their ranks are joined by an aspiring actress. As the only woman on the ship, many are smitten by her, but she forms a relationship with Jack. Their relationship hits a snag when the crew arrives at their island destination. They encounter a group of natives that worship a mysterious god known as Kong. The natives are in wonder of the actress's beauty and want her as an offering to Kong. When the crew rejects this request, the actress is kidnapped at nightfall. She's placed on an altar and Kong, revealed to be a colossal ape, grabs her from the altar and departs back into the jungle. Jack and some volunteers enter the jungle in hopes of rescuing her. Most don't survive the dangerous rescue mission. Kong takes the actress back to his lair, 
However, the actress and Kong are attacked in the jungle by another monumental animal. The great ape defends her from harm. While Kong is distracted, Jack rescues the actress and the ape gives chase. The remaining crew managed to trap Kong and decide to bring him back to New York City. Their original plan may be a bus, but this crew knows that Kong would be a major attraction in the city. When they arrive, King Kong is shackled in chains and displayed to the masses. The actress is sworn by members of the press, and the great ape, confused by the hubbub and flash photography, thinks she's in danger. Enraged, Kong breaks his chains as the audience flees in terror and the actress is whisked away. Kong rampages through the city and is able to locate the actress. He then continues his rampage, but now with the actress in his grip. They scale a large, iconic building. Kong is attacked with weapons in, in aircraft and is overwhelmed. The great Kong is slain. Jack, the actress, and a large crowd gawk at Kong's corpse. As each film ends, their respective ways. One name. I got one name. <laughs> I got <two> names. <laughs> hey, Jackie boy. <laughs> boy, how you doing? <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. A crew that is goes it. to an island. There's a big monkey and bring yeah. it back to New York, and hilarity ensues. Exactly. <laughs> so where do you want to start with this comparison, Reggie? So, as much as you know, we can talk about the different plots because they diverge a bit here. I think it is important to talk about the sort of the star attraction, the big gorilla, ape, monkey. King oh, yeah. Kong. <laughs> Don't hurt me, James, at all. Um, so, 1933 um, is a very different time. 1976, <laughs> when it comes to practical effects, um, my take on that was that in 1933, we're pretty much looking at what stop motion. Um, I'm not even sure what material is. That. Is it a puppet? Like, what? What is that? I'm assuming it's some type of puppet that the uh, puppeteers and stop motion teams just able to manipulate and move to get the different shots in order to make it look like it's moving. So, yeah, it's, it's overall just stop motion. And then some of the close-up shots of the actress when he's holding her, like, I think they built hands yeah. for Kong for her to be in. But other than that, it's mostly just stop motion. <laughs> For the time, you know, it translates, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. it does look like there's a giant gorilla. Uh, the stop motion is a little janky. So, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, most people with, like, any kind of stop motion experience could probably make a film that sort of flows more in terms of action. But um, it works, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah. I was like, this doesn't look great, but it's <laughs> it is you know, give me the scope and scale. And uh, I was actually pretty impressed by that um, from that film. Yeah, agreed. I mean, of course, by today's standards, you can tell it's like, okay, that doesn't look great. But what they're working with at the time, it definitely is able to, you know, get the story told. And I'm not like constantly like taken out of the film, like, oh, that's clearly not real. You know, you right. definitely give it a lot of slack for being made in the 1933 this movie's almost 90 years old so i'm not going to be too judgy when it comes to the uh special effects but they're able to do a lot of really creative things the way they're able to combine the stop motion with the live action mm -hmm. using um sometimes just having the actors actually be like just puppets themselves or just combining stop motion with some um rear projection screen footage um really creative ways to put the live actors in the same shot as kong 
And, you know, as someone who makes very amateur <laughs> movies on my own YouTube channel, I just find the whole process fascinating. I'm like, I am sitting there trying to figure out exactly how they did it. Okay, so that part's stop motion, and that's the rear screen projection that they're using right there. So it's it's really just an interesting film to study <laughs> um, overall. If you have any filmmaking aspirations or anything i definitely highly recommend just watching what they did so creative how they're able to really combine the live action the stop motion yeah i think like where the movie struggles is when it's trying to do sort of like fluid action but you're right that transition um between the live action and stop motion works really well mm -hmm. some of the sets they design like you talk about iconic buildings um you know hey it looks like a gorilla is on that building You know, that iconic scene of the planes flying by and, and uh, taking their shots at Kong. And um, I thought it looked really good. Um, a major difference that I'm sure we're going to talk about is that uh, there are other animals on this Skull Island uh, mm -hmm. in the original that Kong has to deal with. Like a freaking dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like Land of the Lost uh, yeah. in the original film. You fight like, I think it was a Stegosaurus, definitely a pterodactyl, mm -hmm. some type of lizard a t-rex i mean a fucking t-rex <laughs> i was like damn I, I didn't expect that like like i said i'd never seen these films before so i just assumed since this is really early stop motion that they were going to just you know just show kong maybe another creature but they went all out with this original yeah. film they have so many dinosaur fights so many fights with kong and different animals it makes you understand why he's called king kong because right. this man <laughs> this is a very violent kong i'd yeah. say he's definitely more violent than the one we actually see in the remake because he just <laughs> fights all these different animals and his favorite fatality is just to you know put his hands in the mouth and just separate jaw from their skull it's like damn it's, it's pretty gruesome you see the blood coming out of the animals yeah. too um did not expect that <laughs> in this film at all no i wasn't expecting that at first i was like oh freaking dinosaur but then when you think about it it's like all right, well, T-Rex is already kind of established as, like, a badass, and Kong's mm -hmm. just like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, if I'm Godzilla in this movie coming out, I'm, I'm a little worried. Yeah. <laughs> Kong's got some experience. Yeah, he's taking out all your uh, cousins over there, Godzilla. <laughs> he knows how to fight the dinosaurs. Yeah, but... Beware. Oh, absolutely. And you make a great point that, like, um, this is a violent sort of Kong. This is... Um, there isn't really a lot of understanding with um humans and stuff like that i think in the 76 film they do some different things to try to humanize their version of kong that is not really here in this original um and i think if you're gonna have an island where people are living amongst <laughs> dinosaurs uh for them to choose hey actually the big gorilla is what i'm worried about <laughs> <laughs> that says something and uh i, I think it worked really well and actually um is i don't follow a lot of king kong stuff but i know it's part of like the lore of this like skull island that they have in the original and um comes back in different interesting ways in the other films from what i understand so pretty cool little universe building whether that was yeah. intentional or not and you could also like i sort of also interpreted it as he's sort of their protector of the natives on the island because you know they give him the sacrifice and then he's also fighting all these other dinosaurs which could easily kill them too but they decide to you know give kong you know 
the sacrifice. So he'll leave them alone and he'll take care of any other dinosaurs that kind of in his own that are like against him, like for his own needs, like for his own purposes. Like I'm gonna take these out, but it also helps the natives too, like inadvertently. So yeah. like, yeah, they they kind of look up to him and respect him for helping them not be eaten by dinosaurs in a way. Yeah, yeah. So it's really it's really cool what they're able to do with their limited sort of resources and mm -hmm. like you mentioned, just the pure creativity of yeah, basically like making <laughs> this iconic movie. I don't even know if you, monster figure star like I don't know but like King Kong <laughs> has withstood the test of time to the point that like literally he's uh <laughs> close to top billing in a movie coming out like in a couple weeks I guess no a couple days dude yeah <laughs> come out in a couple days that's that's insane man yeah for like I said a character that's almost ninety years old and still be incredibly relevant I'm I'm gonna watch. King Kong vs. Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 1976, I think, um, it. I start to kind of get reminded of, like, the thing almost. Like, we start to get to this point where a lot of the cool practical effects and, like, set building helped to make this film uh, really pop. Um, there's a lot of gorilla hands, kind of like that mm -hmm. universal... Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they just took the actual hands from the movie and just, like, put them in Universal Studios. Yeah. Like, we, we get some animatronics here. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We get, um, you know, more of a focus on that and actually building out the scale versus trying to sort of imitate the scale. And mm -hmm. it um, it's another effective use of... Um, of this sort of movie magic. And I think that it's really impressive that they went as far as they did to sort of make this Kong come alive. The eighth wonder of the world, King Kong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the main difference with the Kong in the remake is it is pretty much a dude in a gorilla suit. I mean, that's a simplification of things. There's a lot of animatronics going on. There's animatronics uh, for the facial expressions. I think the hands are actually extended too to give him the proper, um, just the look of the longer gorilla arms. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of animatronics going on, but there is a, it's just a, it is a dude in a suit. So that did kind of like take me out of it a little bit. It's like, oh, it's just a dude in a suit. But I guess that makes sense. You don't want to do the exact same thing uh, that they did in the original film. Why? Why even make the film if you're going to do the exact same thing? But they did build um, two gorilla arms that are like close to a ton each. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they definitely went all out. I'm pretty sure they also built a 40 foot tall Kong figure um, that, that I think might have been used while I'm at that end shot in New York when he's in that cage. Um, but they didn't really use it more than a minute in the actual film. So they built a lot of huge animatronic things for this film in addition to the guy in the gorilla suit yeah and that helps because if it's just a guy in the gorilla suit i mean that that's a rough watch i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah animatronics definitely save it from just being incredibly cheesy especially because the limitations of the original film was mostly kong's facial expressions mm -hmm. and the animatronics in the remake definitely allow us to see kong emote a lot more and make us more sympathetic to his character, which I think is kind of the, what the remake does a lot more than the original film. Yeah, in, in some confusing ways, but... Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, 
it's definitely uh, pretty expressive because, like, in the original film, it's kind of like two two modes, right? There's like Shil Kong, which is just like the gorilla face unmoved, and then that like crazy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm Don't upset. touch my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think the the emotion uh, definitely comes into play, um, as we'll discuss. There's a lot more interaction, like actual talking to Kong that happens in this remake that um, though Kong's not able to necessarily respond, um, we do get to see sort of how he uh, how he conducts himself in a way that is, it's meaningful. Um, I, I think that if you were to ask like an audience, which Kong would you relate to more? I think it would have to be the remake because they tried it so much to make him, you know, empathetic in, in ways, which uh, I wasn't expecting. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Uh, they definitely gave him a lot more one-on-one -on -one time with the lead actress in the remake. And um, she's able to, I guess, sort of humanize him in a way. And, you know, you kind of follow the emotions of the leads in the remake. And they are two good leads, or good guys, I guess. Um, definitely paint him as a, in a more sympathetic light. So you, as an, as an audience member, you tend to follow the way they feel so they uh, they definitely paint him a lot more um sympathetic in the remake yeah yeah and honestly uh humanize him better than these some the leads <laughs> <laughs> but uh i mean regardless of how you slice it both films clearly pull off what they're going for which is mm -hmm. the scale of this this mighty beasts yeah. gorilla ape again i don't know what the proper term is here and um it translates like you know that this guy is a badass and it goes even beyond that like once we get to the city you know the the hubris of the humans to think they're like oh yeah we, we <laughs> and and um there's the chains this guy's not getting out and again kong it takes so much to bring down this mighty uh figure that mm -hmm. when he is brought down regardless of what movie you watch like it is sort of a tragic moment. Um, right. And I think that the remake plays a lot more on this humanizing that they've done, mm -hmm. uh, on that emotion as you see sort of the fall of Kong. Versus the original where it's just like, uh, plus, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll talk about that. I think we need to talk about the, our, our leads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But effective. Oh, yeah, pretty effective in both films. If I had to pick, I, I mean... 1933. I mean, just just amazing what they were able to do with the limitations back then. So you just can't. It's it's so hard to compare it to like anything um, yeah. that has come afterwards. So still impressive in the remake, especially with um, the way he's able to emote and the animatronics really look well. You know, some of the sometimes when uh, the actors in the same scene with Kong, you, you could see those black lines around the person, so you yeah. could see that they're not really in the same plane. So, like some of those effects didn't age well, but the animatronic stuff looks really well. But overall, that stop motion is just—I don't know—something about it just really like captures my imagination. It's just, it's just classic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like going back and watching like the Heat Miser. Like it still works, man. <laughs> you know, um, and I think that because actually they're more limited, they mm -hmm. pay a little bit more attention to. Uh, flow with their cinematography. Um, there's a few too many scenes of just like, well, we got this giant arm, let's try to make it grab somebody. And it's like, this is going on for longer <laughs> than I care to watch. <laughs>
<laughs> so, and, and you're right. Like, um, again, even though they have like these advantages, these little things that you start noticing, like the black outlines and stuff, they they tend to take you out more than like the original, where you're just like, mm-hmm. well, how the hell do they do that? Like, right. That question is better than uh, uh, doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I do agree that I. From an action perspective, I would give it to the remake, but from just an overall, um, the original, I think just it nails it. I'd even give the action to the original just because you get more Kong versus dinosaurs yeah. than in the remake. That's true. Um, so, like, personally. But, yeah, still both look pretty good. I Just the original is just, you know, it's a classic. <laughs> it's so hard to knock it for what they did. Yeah, okay. At least... Enough. Uh, I was going to say, at least the effects, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, no, there's, there's things that we can knock and we oh, might yeah. get around to. It. Uh, there's a, a mighty beast behind me. I there you go. My, uh, <laughs> I, I think my makeshift uh, light guard is going to uh, is going to fail. <laughs> but but um, so that that's Kong in sort of a nutshell. Um, mm-hmm. Like we mentioned, both both of them pretty good effects, but the original just the dinosaurs, man. <laughs> The dinosaurs and just that visceral nature puts it over the top. But uh also the um sorry, just a little off or just one more thing. The original, the way he dies, like they both get shot on top of the uh their respective buildings. But like I think the blood effect just doesn't look that great in the remake. It just looks too watery or like too much Kool-Aid coming out of him or something. I don't know. It's just because you know that Kong's a lot bigger too. Than the other Kong, so it's like the bullets from the helicopters. I just feel like that much blood didn't look quite right. Um, yeah. Something about it just didn't match. So, just just a little nitpicking there of the remake. No, totally, totally. Yeah, the uh, that scene that we'll talk about a bit. There's there are some effects that I'm like, mm, I don't know. I'm yeah. <laughs> but let's see. Um, as much as I want to kind of talk about our leads, um, mm-hmm. I did want to kind of start with sort of the impetus of the trip. Uh, in the original film, we have Robert Armstrong as Carl Denham. We're millionaires, boys. I'll share it with all of you. Why, in a few months, it'll be up in lights on Broadway. Kong, the eighth wonder of the world! And in the remake, we have Charles Grodin as Fred S. Wilson. What they find will shock the world. We may be sailing into the history books. And the reason I wanted to bring up uh, Denham and Wilson first is that it's their <laughs> harebrained scheme that gets us into this mess in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl Denham is a fast-talking Hollywood type who wants to make his next big picture. That's <laughs> right. He's known for shooting in exotic locations. And uh, um, from what I understand, he just, you know, he's heard tale of this, like, sort of legend from this uh, <clears throat> particular location. And he's trying to see if he can get a, a shot of it. Versus the 1976 film where we have uh, Grodin's Fred S. Wilson, who basically works, he's an executive for Petrox Oil Company. <laughs> and uh, based on infrared imagery, <laughs> which reveals a previously previously undisclosed Indian Ocean Island hidden by a permanent cloud bank, way too complicated, uh, Wilson <laughs> believes the island is a huge oil deposit. So you've got this original film that's leaning into its movie magic. It's like, hey, we're going to make this big picture. And it's almost like this meta like thing of like, all right, let's yeah. watch these guys go get this crazy footage. And I actually enjoyed that um, the movie was almost like referential in that way. Mm-hmm. And I just think that like the 76 setup, like 
the fact that you're going for oil, it just feels like kind of unnecessary and muddy, right? Like why, why switch it up so much? Uh, in my opinion, because like ultimately they're not aware of Kong. There's not really good oil there, so it's just like I, I was a little confused by like if you're gonna make it a this search for oil that seemed secondary so it's like you might as well lean into like the ridiculous nature of the original film i'm just saying like i gotta make a movie i gotta get a starlet like i like <laughs> I, I thought it, was, it, it like in terms of absurd plots like um it wasn't like the remake took us so far out of like absurdity that like we needed this more plausible <laughs> expedition and uh we'll talk about it, but, like, the way we meet our lead, it's like, I don't know, I think they weirdly handled it better than the original. <laughs> I don't know, I, I might disagree with you. I kind of like the, uh, the what they did in the remake. I thought this whole, I'm a Hollywood star and or, I'm a Hollywood director and I'm gonna make this movie and I'm not gonna tell anybody where we're going or why we're going there. I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and I'm gonna find a random woman who I don't know and I'm gonna convince her to come with me even though she doesn't know anything about this trip. I'm just like, Jesus, can you rape much? I mean, it's like, tell her something. You gotta gotta give us something, man. Right. Um, so I just, I, I thought the whole, like, let's go there for oil and then we'll accidentally come across this thing. I liked the overly complicated. There's a fog <laughs> that hasn't moved in a hundred years kind of yeah. thing. I was like, ooh, tell me more about this fog. <laughs> I was intrigued. I don't know. I guess because, like, it was a nice departure. Like, I just thought, like, if they did the director going to the island again for to film this mysterious creature and just get a random actress. I just thought that was like, uh, I don't know if we need to do that again. So I don't know, maybe it's just because it was something new and just a different way to hook me. So I, I liked the whole this overly complicated, somewhat convoluted reason for getting to the island. Yeah. And I didn't mind it. And yeah. <laughs> I, now I would be more okay with the convoluted rationale if we had a more natural introduction to our starlet. Um, okay. <laughs> I, that, that's really what I'm harping on is that, like, you did all this building, and, like, it is cool. Like, Jeff, Jeff Bridges' character and, like, uh, what they do with him, it, it is interesting. But then they find this, like, in my opinion, convoluted, weird way to bring the actress aboard the ship that it's like, <laughs> why? Right? Right. Versus, like, the original, it's still. Almost as absurd. No, it's it's close. It's uh, <laughs> absurd the way we meet the actress in the original as well. But like that to me feels like a more plausible scenario than what we got in the remake. So I do agree with you that I like the Petrox oil like setup. I like the way that it brings Jeff Bridges into the movie. I hate the way it brings Lang into the movie. So I I just said you know what it's got too complicated for me. I'm just going to stick with the original. <laughs> um, it's goofy as all hell, but like, there's something to me that's charming about the fact they're like, it's my next big picture. And like, they mm -hmm. like end up going to this, like, we're on the journey with them um, in a way that, uh, you know, the remake does a good job of you know, explaining what they're doing. Um, the original, I don't know, it's just maybe that old Hollywood movie magic just uh, <laughs> captured me. No, I agree. I definitely had a problem, but I'll, I'll save that for when we discuss the leads. <laughs> um, 
I mean, there's a simple solution. You should just make her part of the crew. And then that's, I mean, that's the most obvious thing. Instead of just like shoehorning her and, hey, here's a pretty wet lady. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, talk going back to our um, our other characters here, Denim and Wilson. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just, I guess, like Denim, he's just, you know, he's that's that overly zealous, like this, I got to get this picture made. And it's just like, it doesn't really have like an arc or anything. It's just, I got to get the picture made. And, Oops, I uh, guess it was. <laughs> I don't, I, who would have saw that coming? I, it wasn't uh, the airplanes, it was beauty. It was, no, it was, it was you. It's yeah, all your it's fucking you. fault. <laughs> yeah. No, he, the, he's, he's such a, like, by the enemy, he's just such a con man. And it's like, yeah. oh my God, what a scumbag, dude. Like, uh, he, he slotted into that role so easily. <laughs> uh, he felt very, like, kind of PT Barnum by the end. It's like, here's my, <laughs> here's my uh, giant gorilla. Yeah. Um, versus Wilson, who's just a more natural, yeah. old school corporate villain. Mm -hmm. I'm here for oil. Fuck the native population. We'll get him to put a thumbprint on his treaty. I'm like, Ugh, bro. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty rough. But uh, <laughs> but no, Wilson is so consistent throughout the film, right? In a way where Denim is like, is that a new hat? I'm just gonna pick it up and wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, there's a scene where Denim is like, eh, I don't like Cameron anymore because uh, dumb bastard uh, got out of the way when a rhino charged him. I would have shot the rhino. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so now you're the cameraman and the director and you're like uh, taking this crew across the sea because you're good at sea shit now. And like, now you have the means to start your own, like, basically circuit. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's that's convoluted in insane that he could just be so many different things yeah and then like just going to his character even more like he doesn't like casting women in pictures he thinks they like, gotta ruin everything he wouldn't cast a woman in this picture but you know the critics always say you know what would have been better a little romance so that's the only reason he's putting a woman into his picture and it's yeah. i don't know it's it's i guess it's not so obvious that he's the villain in that original film but like right. by the end you're just like well, he didn't even get any comeuppance at all at least right. like you know yeah. <laughs> at least wilson's it's like Huh, that is something. Yeah, well, that shit sucks. This ain't my fault, though. It was it was beauty. <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah. But, Not um, the white guy. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. White guys are okay in this film. Um, but no, you, you make a good point that, like, there, there isn't really a comeuppance. And uh, I thought that the line you mentioned about, like, could you at least tell her where you're going? Like, Yeah, what, come on. You can't just, like, abduct women. Well, I guess you can in 1933. <laughs> just, you're just abducting women off the street and being like, you're going to be in a movie and don't worry about where we're going. And when she's like, hey, look, I don't know you. He's like, trust me, I'm square. I'm on the up and up. It's like, what? Okay. Yeah, yeah. There won't be any funny business. It's like, okay, you're taking his word like, at face value? Come on, lady. It's like I'm more likely to think there's funny business after the guy <laughs> says there's no funny business. Exactly. <laughs> But um, I, I like that cartoonish 30s villainry, but he's all over the place in a way where, like, Wilson is, like, he's smart, he's calculated. And I do, like, when he gets frustrated, he's like, ah, shit, Exxon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How'd you find out about us? Um, uh, I, I just like that that guy is more prepared. He does his homework and mm -hmm. is such an obvious villain for us to uh, rally against right. that uh, it works out very well. Yeah, and also he's also incredibly just um, 
he looks like an idiot a lot of times. Like, he'll say, like, oh, there's obviously no natives here. Then immediately, like, drums on the island. Or, don't worry, Kong's still chained by his feet. He won't get out of that. Oh, shit, man. It's like everything this fucking guy says is completely wrong. He's never in control of the situation. He's he's clearly just out of his element. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I don't know, it's, like I, you said, they painted him as the villain. It's, he's an easy guy to not like just because he's somewhat condescending and just, like, constantly wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. But, like, um, the great thing about that is you get this uh, sort of comedic effect out of him. Yeah. Um, and, like, when it's time for him to be a villain, he turns that up to 10. Right. When it's time for him to be kind of funny. You, yeah, you get a lot of utility out, out of this guy. So I think um, as much as I said I kind of like the sort of movie magic, if we're comparing these characters one-to-one, Charles Grodin's Fred Wilson is just more, he's more nuanced, mm-hmm. he's funnier. He's more, like, obviously villainous. So he's just, he's checking all the boxes he's supposed to versus Denim, excuse me, Robert Armstrong's uh, Carl Denim, who just, he checks boxes, but it happens in a haphazard, random way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I just prefer how neat they are in a remake. Yeah. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. He's just, overall, just a more interesting character. And I do like, you know, he's not necessarily, like, mustache twirling, like, you're not sure about this guy in the beginning. He's not obviously the villain. And then as the movie progresses, then he really just takes on that role as our lead villain. So I like that. It's like you said before, it does feel a little more natural, his progression as opposed to like, I don't exactly know what's going on with you, Denim, but (laughs) you're kind of an asshole anyway. Yeah. I I do want to highlight, I love the line where like he's showing the slideshow and he's like, yeah, we got a guy in Washington. It might be on Pennsylvania Avenue. (laughs) 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 It's like, Oh, he's got ties to the president. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I just, I like, I like that character a lot. I thought that he was just, I thought he was a very strong character. And um, in a movie where there's so many people in both these films mm-hmm. that kind of just get like lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, both actors stand out because of their role, but like Grodin just takes it to another, another yeah. level with his humor. Um, and I, I thought it was great. Yeah, that humor really does help put his character over the top. It's pretty Absolutely. good. Absolutely. So, I guess from a question standpoint, I almost, I almost want to say like um, we should probably bring up the actors before we bring up our male lead. Okay. I don't know. If you yeah. Do. Okay. So, going uh, that direction, this I think this is going to be interesting. Um, going that direction. <laughs> We've got Faye Ray, who plays Anne Darrow. The public wants a girl, and this time I'm going to give them what they want. I don't know why you're going to get it. Oh, this is no place for a girl. I wish you wouldn't keep hopping on that. In the original film. And Jessica Lange, who plays Dwan. <laughs> Dwan. <laughs> Dwan. Uh, in our 1976 film. Okay, um, let me start. Faye, Faye Ray. So, like we mentioned, um, there are these sort of, like, unnatural introductions to our our lead characters. We're kind of just thrown into Carl Denham's, like, little movie plot. And, uh, like you mentioned, he's like, I don't like dames at all. No women. 
but I need a woman for my picture, and we leave in like six hours. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go scour the city, New York City, find a woman in the 30s that can pick up and go, and won't ask any questions. Won't um, no one's gonna miss her. <laughs> and, and um, they they find a plausible um solution in this Anne Darrow character. She's kind of a bit of a she's almost gonna be like a Latin vibe. She's kind of like a street kid almost. Like she's not, she's a grown woman, but like <laughs> she's so like steal to like get by. Uh she's like doesn't really have a lot going on for herself. Um you know so like we see in these little interactions that she's capable uh in taking care of herself. Not that that really matters. I really think they just kind of have her there to be like, hey, look, she steals stuff, so like no one's going to care that we just abducted her. <laughs> and uh, it's, I guess, plausible. <laughs> uh, she's, yeah, I, I totally forgot about the scene where she's kind of stealing. Like, I wasn't e- even sure if she was really stealing or if she was if she was going to buy it and she just didn't have the opportunity to take her money out. I, Cause like, she just picked up that fruit and the guy's yeah. like, you're going to steal. It's like, Whoa, I just, I can't even just feel it to make sure it's not like, you know, decaying or anything. So I guess um, that could make her a survivor. <laughs> Cause yeah. she's trying, but like her character is pretty plain um, throughout the whole movie. It's, it's kind of a thing that happens in the original that, there's not a lot of depth to these characters in that film, and they don't really have a lot of arcs <laughs> when it comes to stories. And she's pretty much just this naive girl who's just there to be the girl for Kong mm-hmm. um, that annoys the men <laughs> just because she is female. And uh, I guess Kong loves her. I, I don't really remember like much about her because she's just kind of captured and that's kind of all she plays is just the victim yeah. for most of the film yeah they, they do the classic sort of like starlit you know early film thing where like um you got all the vaseline on the camera and like uh uh once once he kind of like helps her out like she kind of turns around you get that, that zoom in the lighting on her face and it's like <laughs> oh she's dreaming you know? <laughs> and there's a lot of uh uh, racial under and overtones in the film. So, like, she's this, like, beautiful blonde, and when she gets to this native island, like, they've never seen this blonde goddess before. Neither has uh, the mighty Kong, and, like, she just... She's a face, right? Like, she's mm-hmm. a face. Um, they give her kind of a... By the same, kind of decent backstory with this brief, like, fruit interaction, but that doesn't matter at all. Um, <laughs> she's just gonna get chained up, and Kong's gonna grab her. Like that's yeah. That is your purpose in this film, mm-hmm. and she kind of falls in love. <laughs> um, I don't know how. I guess yeah. Figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. I guess when we get into our other male lead, but you know, I guess she did her role right. Um, it's not really much of a role. It's just kind of Kong's love interest and just the yeah. girl he keeps going after, and you know, she's not terrible to him. Like, oh. She. She's not always screaming. Uh, she's not. not as, <laughs> he's not painted to be as sympathetic as in the remake. So there's not really those moments of where she's alone with him and just trying to understand him. She's always just trying to get out. Um, yeah. So, you know, she's okay. 
don't really have much to say about her. No, no. I mean, look, she, um, you know, because this is all you had to do at the time. Uh, yeah. Good face, good scream. Mm -hmm. um, wore the, uh, the like, I'm chained up outfit very well, <laughs> you know, like a, <laughs> Like the classic, almost like slave layer type deal, you know. Like, um, mm -hmm. she a good looking woman that is able to kind of hold her own in with screen time with this uh, this Kong that they've constructed, right? Like, that's about it. Nineteen seventy six. <laughs> okay, we've got <laughs> we've got Jessica Lang, and really her first like, real acting job, mm -hmm. um, playing Dwan, which is, um, it's Dawn, but she switched the W and the A to be more interesting, kind of. Um, I just, I, I struggle with this character a lot, right? Like, when we're first introduced to her, um, the male lead has kind of, like, been discovered as a stowaway. And he was like, hey, look off in the distance. What's that? And they're like, come on, buddy. <laughs> I'm not falling for that one. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, there's a, uh, a lifeboat or life raft with um, a woman basically dressing like a ball gown who's, um, you know, blonde, hot, mm -hmm. uh, stranded. <laughs> <laughs> The and implication, Reggie. The implication. What's that? I, was gonna, I don't know if you watch It's Always Sunny. She can't oh. say no because the, oh, yeah, the implication. <laughs> yeah, the implication <laughs> of the high seas is, is full effect here. And like, I, I don't know. It's like she's passed out at this point. They're trying to figure it out. They have this weird backstory where like she was on a yacht that like exploded. Yeah, I don't exactly know. Like, I just, I didn't really pay attention to exactly what happened. I'm just going to assume like oh. it just got overturned or something or just like the seas yeah. took care of it and yeah. i know it, it's weird it's it really is, bizarre it is really bizarre like basically when she was on that boat some hollywood type was whisking her way to hong kong to be in pictures um the implication was in full effect <laughs> on, <laughs> on that boat um and then you know it gets really interesting once she starts talking once they give her the smelling salts and she starts going off that's where we get the dwan line mm -hmm. um she's like oh could you imagine who i'm the first person to be uh have their life spared by not watching the movie deep throat um mm -hmm. which okay um yeah so just uh just on that note uh so i, so I was just doing a little bit of research um she brings it up a couple times that like deep throat saved her life because you know for those who don't know deep throat is that pornographic film that um which is also the name of the informants uh who you know the, the water gate scandal yeah um so um she's watching she didn't want to watch deep throat and she kept saying that her friend harry um you know brought her and was wanted everybody to watch it um so harry was also one of the stars of deep throat so it's most likely that the movie she was going to star in was also going to be a porno yeah that makes sense <laughs> that, which is a great little like kind of easter egg aside but um really the whole thing is just it's muddy like once she starts talking things get very confusing because mm -hmm. she just has this like kind of aloof um mm -hmm. rambling train of thought type deal and I'm sure that's like in the script, but it, it Lang doesn't come across great <laughs> in no. these interactions. I, I'm just like, it's it's actually kind of hard to to watch and listen to. It's like, 
it's like as much as like a 1930s film doesn't do women a lot of justice weirdly like and daryl's like a more kind of stoic <laughs> measured <laughs> character versus this one who just did that, 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 and then i was in deep up and then that, and it's just like it keeps going and going <laughs> and they spend um quite a bit of time on the ship uh more or less her playing like dress up it's like oh some <laughs> sea guy gave her a shirt well, I cut it off and I made it a crop top. Boys, what do you think? <laughs> a lot of eye candy. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of eye candy. Uh, not a lot. Just, I don't know. It, I struggle with, I'm assuming the script, uh, which maybe maybe that's the point. Like the point is she's supposed to be kind of like this ditzy airhead, but it, it just, it feels a little rough because like we spend so much time with her, like you mentioned, She's wet. We're going to throw her in the water here. We're going to take off clothes here. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I saw he had a note uh, about King Kong himself being kind of like horny for Dwan. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> everybody is. The whole movie is. Everybody just, <laughs> check out this broad with this. And it, I don't know. I, I felt like um, it was, I guess it was interesting that they built out that character. I wish they built a better character. It just felt a little mm-hmm. like... Um, mm-hmm misogynistic i guess yeah that's fair enough yeah yeah definitely um yeah the problem with dawn is um she she's she's pretty naive and kind of flaky and she's she's not really a great character and yeah your problem with like her just kind of randomly showing up and just like oh now she's on this crew like why if you're getting rid of like the director why does she have to be an actress right i just i say like easy solution just make her a crew member already she doesn't have to wear those skimpy outfits and then maybe the natives just dress her up in like that ceremonial garb and then that's how she just you get to see a little bit of the the sexy skin or whatever but like it's just make keeping her as an actress having her randomly show up her not even like blinking an eye that everybody that on that yacht is dead now and you're the only survivor like that's some ptsd you got to deal with and she doesn't really express that or show that at all she's completely fine she's ready to fall in love <laughs> so right. it's like it's like there's a lot going on that's just not uh, she's not taking anything in or just emoting anything um that would you know just reflect this traumatic experience that just happened to her and yeah she is just ultimately just the the girl um yeah. at the end of the day and her biggest i guess contribution really to the film is just like i said before just making her a sympath her sympathetic towards kong like she kind of likes kong mm-hmm. and you know like we said like kong's a little bit horny in this film and she's not necessarily like pushing him away she's kind of like digging it she's kind of moaning when he's like poking her with her finger it's like yo she's gonna fuck the monkey she's That's gonna true. fuck the monkey in this film <laughs> yo she <laughs> liked it <laughs> it it is heavily implied that that could happen and like because there, there are scenes where like um there was a line where someone was like, oh, the monkey, uh, I guess, trigger warning was trying to rape you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, no, nah, it's not like that. I'm like, well, what is it? <laughs> what, is, what is happening in this film? And um, I, I did some research on the movie as well. Like, uh, the, some of the actors that they were considering was like Meryl Streep, but they were like, mm-hmm. apparently Meryl Streep wasn't hot enough for the director. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and then... Um, yeah, and after Meryl Streep didn't work out, another consideration was uh, Barbara Streisand, who actually um, had the role and basically just turned it down. Hmm. Um, so it, that would have been interesting. I, And that's the thing I struggle with, right? Like, 
Judith Lane, who ultimately became like a you know a decent actress, but like for a first swing out, it's like maybe she is that good of an actress. I'm like, is it the character or is it her? Right? Like, because this this Dwan is just it just a rough, rough. No, nah, she's she's not a great character. Um, she's definitely like one of the probably the weakest character in the remake. I'd say just because she's just so naive and just really doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> she. She just, I, I have a trouble just connecting with her character or just even understanding like her motivation sometimes. It's like, yeah. well, do you really like um, this guy or are you just kind of just playing all the men just to get what you want? It's, it's really hard to get a solid read on exactly what she wants. And like, she just, sometimes like at the most inappropriate times, like she just, like at the end of the movie, like, hey, let's go to the bar. What the, f this is a yeah. giant yeah, I know. gorilla. I know. <laughs> Why do you want to go to the bar? It's, I know. It, it's just such a, it's such a flimsy character mm -hmm. and like look she hit she hits the role in terms of like for the poster you know the the blonde and the gorilla mm -hmm. grip yeah. like that perfect for that uh, great looker great looking person but like the the character and i'm gonna like i said i'm gonna assume that this is more of a script problem yeah than an actress problem um Although, like, I'd be very interested to see how, like, a Meryl Streep would have pulled this off. Because there's no way Meryl Streep would have allowed this to happen to, <laughs> you don't to think her so. career. You know? but, like, there's a way to play this character as, like, a complete dummy, but also, like, you know, spare yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but, you know, look, uh, it's it's an interesting uh, casting tour. I, I would have to say that, honestly, based off of... Um, one to one. I'm gonna go with uh, the original actress, uh, Faye Ray's character is just just better somehow. <laughs> and Dawn, though I find her kind of interesting and just like the name is kind of funny and silly. The her aloofness is kind of funny and silly. It's just like you mentioned, inappropriate sometimes in the film. And it takes you out of certain mm -hmm. scenes. Like, why are they in a bar? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I love a good drink now and then, Reggie, but if I'm being chased by King Kong, I know it's time to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So because she, like, fails to, like, elevate some of the scenes to, like, the actual, like, context and nuances needed to be in, mm -hmm. it's just a very weak character. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, the original, the original just does it better somehow. <laughs> so. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, I think... Because just because, like, her character doesn't really do anything, it's, I mean, she's got the pretty blonde look down. And then she's, like I said, she's able to, you know, make Kong not necessarily the bad guy. Like you said, like, he raped you. She's like, no, 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 no. He, it's, it's, <laughs> it was mutual. I definitely wanted to bang him. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, um, you know, she's able to do that. But, like, I just feel like she could have done so much more. It, it definitely didn't feel like the leap like the other characters in the remake took it definitely just yeah. felt like like a tiny little step and it, you know she serviceable absolutely yeah. um but you know you didn't really do much so um yeah i'll go with the the original portrayal yeah. and, uh, by Fay ray and and let's uh let's properly um this is completely on the director this is uh this is a director who took like this huge franchise was given an opportunity to have like like seasoned actresses in the movie and then pick like kind of like the hot model newcomer and Lang, like I said, her career uh, since then has been actually pretty impressive. Of mm -hmm. uh, her first foray into the acting world, I, I feel like this director failed her more than uh, 
than you know the actress herself. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, don't cast movies based off of who you think is hot. Like cast movies based off who you think can play the character. It's also the script too. Probably it, it it's is. just I don't know why you keep her an actress. Just make her a member of the crew. Easy solution there. Then you give her a little more agency. You see that she's an intelligent woman, not just naive Dwan who mm-hmm. changed her name for some stupid reason. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a poorly written character overall. Yeah. yeah, and not much you can do about that. Not much. You can just look at her because she is pretty. <laughs> now, I think um, in the remake, our male lead is written a little bit better. But uh, yes, let's let's break down our uh, our male leads from both films. In 1933, we have Bruce Cabot as John Jack Driscoll. And in the remake, we've got Jeff Bridges, the dude himself, who plays Jack Prescott. The ape had the right idea. What's that? Uh, In the original film, John Jack Driscoll is a... uh, I'll just call him Jack for short going forward. Yeah. Is just, he's the first mate. He's the first mate of uh, Captain Englehorn's ship. Um, classic, you know, we've talked about these before. <laughs> 30s actor, square jaw, stand over here. And even the actor says this. He's like, I, that was his first real film. And he was like, they just told me to stand here and they told me to say these things. And that's what <laughs> I did. And um, look, he's, uh, he's fine, right? Like he, Stands there, does what he's supposed to. Um, believable, romantic interest. Um, really, his only arc is, I gotta, like, I fell in love with this girl. I gotta protect this girl. I'm engaged to this girl by the end of the movie. That's, <laughs> that's kind of his whole arc. Um, so we won't spend too much time with him. Jeff Bridges. Now, this is a well-written character. Jack, yes. Jack Prescott is a very cool character, right? Like, um, we've got this uh, this expedition for oil that we talked about, and we see Jeff Bridges kind of like sliding um, a sailor a couple of dollars so he can sneak past and get on the ship. Yeah. And it turns out he's a primate paleontologist, <laughs> which is very uh, very useful. But like, he's just dripping with um, energy and like attitude. Like, he's yeah. he's got a lot of charisma. He's got a lot of great quips and stuff like that. And uh, I, like I said, I love that scene where we're first kind of introduced to him speaking when, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the main guy's like, and this is where we're going to get the oil. He's like, you know, I think that's animal breath. Animal breath. Like, yeah. <laughs> Where's this guy? <laughs> Wait, he's, he's wearing one of your shirts. Where'd this guy come from? And uh, I don't know. He's just such a cool character. No, he's he's definitely charismatic, Jeff Bridges in this role. Um, like his introduction's so cool. Like you said, like he's he comes across as like drunk. I thought he was just drunk and dropped money. It took me a second to realize, oh, he did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. He bribed the guy so he could not even just like get on the board. He had to like climb a rope to like sneak on the boat. It was it was really cool. Um, the way he got onto the boat, and then you know Jeff Bridges just got this awesome beard and this long yeah. hair. He just looks so fucking cool. Uh, you know it's it's classic jeff bridges and um yeah he's he just he's a stowaway on the boat and he doesn't care he's like i'm gonna correct you guys because you guys are wrong if this is not what's on the island this is probably what's on the island you know ancient legend says this and this and this and i bet you missed that right and they think he's like a russian spy and they have to do a background check on him and then he's just he's a very interesting character he's very charismatic and um yeah he's our good guy 
And yeah. it's easy for him to be the good guy. <laughs> totally easy for him to be the good guy, considering that, like, uh, the rest of the crew is pretty, you know, they're either, like, you know, seafaring types, like, kind of, like, ship guys, or they're evil oil <laughs> people, right? <laughs> so you got Bridges here, he's a long hair, they're calling him, like, a hippie. Yeah. He's got, like, he's got convictions, right? Like, he's not here for fame or riches. Mm -hmm. He's here to, like, right. study this phenomenon and, like, right. He doesn't have these like um, these sort of motivations that are selfish. He, right. He's a pretty selfless character, and it's very easy for us to see how like Dwan could fall for this guy who he's different from the rest of the, the crew. Right. He's got his own thing going on, and um, what I love about that character, like you mentioned, the pretend to be drunk, the dropping the money for the bribe. Uh, when he is captured, he's like, "Fuck this, I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> Like, where are you going? You're on a boat, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the implication, Jeff Bridges, you're going to have to do something to stay on that boat. Yeah. And uh, even, like, just all the scenes where, like, he leads as a guy who's a stowaway. Mm -hmm. He's a leader. Like, he breaks right. out the smelling salts and wakes up Dawn. She starts talking too much. He's like, maybe you need some sleep. <laughs> um, he discovers that she's been captured. He, you know, he leads the expedition. Like, Jeff Bridges went from being this, like, really a guy who could have spent the entire trip in the brig, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> and who talked himself into a job. He's like, uh, uh, you're the cameraman now. I was like, yeah, sure, all right. <laughs> um, I, I, Jack Prescott is just such a strong, fun character mm -hmm. that he he's doing a lot of heavy lifting for this yes. drawn relationship. Because <laughs> if, if you take Jeff Bridges out of the mix, Right. Um, I don't give a shit what happens to those two characters. Right. Yeah. No, I hope I definitely agree with you. Um, he's a very strong character. He definitely becomes a leader when they run into the natives. They're like, "Well, uh, Jack, can you uh, communicate this?" Right. So yeah, yeah, right there, he's just taking leads. Like, I don't really understand it, but I could understand their tone. Um, so yeah, he definitely takes a leadership role pretty early in the film even though he's the stowaway and you know he's the good guy too because he's constantly telling them telling like all the people like shoot in the air don't yeah. hurt anybody don't hurt any of the animals you know at the end of the movie he's like demanding like i'll tell you where kong is going but you cannot hurt him mm -hmm. so you know he's very he has a lot of morals and yeah. um as opposed to the other characters you don't exactly know where their moral stands and it's mostly money driven uh these other people and like you said he's not necessarily that so clearly our good guy very charismatic um yeah makes you give a shit about that <laughs> dawn jack relationship because you know dawn's pretty and all but you know she's not really other than that that's all she kind of is like right. you know jack's you know he's charming he's, he's good looking he's got he's charismatic it's all, all these other things so you could see like why she'd be attracting him and she's just pretty <laughs> yeah and you know like you mentioned that sort of money motivation towards the end of the film he's like i don't want your money here's a check yeah. i donated to charity like you know some yeah like uh conservation thing it's like there he goes again, <laughs> you know. You yeah. Can't, you can't, uh, <laughs> but but not right away though, because no. he is given a moment where he's like, you can walk away from it now. And then there is a point in the movie, you know, he's flawed. He he, he wants the money, so he doesn't, you know, he doesn't go against um, what Wilson wanted. He's like, all right, I'll just fucking be your puppet, I guess. But then you know, at the end of the day, his morals just take the higher ground, and he's like, yeah, I don't want your money. I'm out. I donated everything yeah. to come with me, Dwan. And ultimately, I'm like the. I mean, I guess we'll get to it in the, when we talk about the endings, but uh, it doesn't exactly have a happy ending for Jack and Dwan in this remake. No, no. 
I wouldn't say so. And you know, it just gives you so much to so much to work with. Uh, Jeff Bridges's yeah. portrayal, like um, honestly, just I I don't see the movie working without him. Um, no. Like I, I really on a lot of levels. So he's a very very um, he, beyond competent. He's yeah. He he's the strongest character in the movie besides King Kong himself. Right. And um, it works really well. Bruce Cabot. Like I said, not nothing wrong with him. You just, you know, it, there's not much for him to work with. And like he is pretty much indecipherable from anyone else in the crew, really. Like right, uh, yeah. it's just a bunch of, you know, square jaws on a boat. Um, and some, some racial stereotypes too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like Jeff Bridges, like being dude s, having the long hair, having right. the kind of hippie mor- morality and stuff like that. Such a good distinction it makes it easy for him to be a foil to these villains and stuff like that um uh, yeah I, I got nothing but positive things to say uh jeff bridges is the stronger jack by a landslide um mm-hmm. and like i said movie doesn't work without just yeah. yeah i did not know jeff bridges was in the remake and when i saw his name in the credits i was excited and hopeful and he definitely delivered he's yeah like you said um He's one of, one of the, if not the strongest um, person actor in the movie, other than Kong. So um, he definitely is like the glue that holds a lot of it together. Like a lot of heavy lifting, um, great portrayal. If you're a Jeff Bridges fan, definitely won't be disappointed by his performance here. Yeah, yeah, and kind of moving, um, moving forward from here. Not that I think this is very important, but uh. Just kind of honorable mention, there are obviously more actors in the film, but like we kind of hit the crux of who really matters. Um, just for reference, I wanted to uh, mention Frank Riker, who plays Captain Englehorn in the original film, and John Randolph, who plays Captain Ross in the remake. Really, the only reason I'm bringing them up is because it's their boat. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair enough. We don't see them much, but uh, I wanted to include them because I think they're the fact that they're the captain of the ship is pivotal to the plot. But uh, beyond that, I really don't have much to say about these two characters. Just a, a note. Yeah, they're not that important. Uh, at the end of the day, the, I feel like I don't even really remember um, any of the roles, especially after um, Kong is introduced to both films. So... It's probably because yeah. they murder like twelve people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is the captain murdered? I I couldn't even I tell remember. you. Yeah, the captains. You know, they're there. I remember him a little bit more in the remake. I thought it was Ernest Borgnine at first. I was like, oh man, is he is he in this movie mm-hmm. too? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. Uh, but you know, it's, he's a captain. Doesn't really bring anything to the story necessarily. Right. right. Just uh, the only contribution really is they have the boat, but uh, that's that's acting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to bring up that um, sort of our native population, um, mm-hmm. both films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, all, it's all you on this. <laughs> uh, not not the greatest portrayal in either film uh, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, uh, sensitivity towards <laughs> people of color. Um, um, but I, I did want to draw a distinction that in the original, we have this dynamic where uh, because they know of the native population, there's someone on the boat that can 
talk to the people. And um, there's like negotiations that happen. And I appreciate in the original that uh, if they're going to have them do this sort of like um, kind of horse trading for Dawn, that at least uh, they understood them and were able to have a conversation with them. It was fine that Jeff Bridges um, was able to kind of interpret <laughs> what they were doing. But I thought it was I thought it was much weaker um, for the remake to have them not understand them, even if it's more kind of like plausible. Yeah. Uh, I just I just thought that like it further undermined this group of people that are being portrayed, uh, these fictional natives uh, mm -hmm. that are drawn from different stereotypes. Uh, I, I prefer that, hey, at least you can talk to them. <laughs> you, may not, you may not respect them, <laughs> mm -hmm. but at least you can talk to them. And I, I thought the original handled that well was the remake. Um, you know, like, you literally have, like, the scene where it's like, there's six women for this one white chick. Uh, huh? Like, <laughs> it just, it, that would be easier to stomach with, uh, you know, whether or not the language is real, whether or not we can understand it, at least someone in the crew understanding them would have been nice. And, uh mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to make that note, and I also wanted to say that, like, ultimately, though, we pretty much get the same sort of worship of this Kong figure. Um, I think that the scale of the sort of native island and, like, their civilization felt better in a remake. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know, the original has the dinosaurs, so, like, the... Yeah. And, you know, like, the name for this place is Skull Island, I didn't catch it. They said that in the remake. I didn't. I didn't hear that. No, they didn't specifically say Skull Island. He did mention something of an island shaped like a skull, but he never referred to it as Skull Island. Boo, Skull <laughs> Island. It's better. Um, <laughs> so you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, like, uh, kind of, it's unfortunate that these uh, portrayals exist. But uh, I think the original handled it better, and I think that, like, again, going back to that lore thing, like this native population. One being actually known to exist, understood, having dinosaurs in a freaking island. Um, mm -hmm. um, it, it's just it's just a, a better overall uh, group in this original movie because of what we're able to get out of them versus the remake, which is like they can't talk. So now what are we? What are yeah, we doing? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's 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 always tricky um, when you see um, yeah. <laughs> these sort of people in these old films. There's like, oh, it's it's not going to be racially sensitive. It's gonna, I'm just going to hold my breath and just see what they do. It's there's nothing really necessarily terrible, but yeah, you brought up a good point. The whole not understanding them just kind of makes them these like almost unknown savages in a way. It's like. I guess, like, the best thing you could have done was just, like, let us know them exactly a little bit more so we can understand them. Uh, but, again, the remake's already a long film, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. we want to put Kong in this movie, so you want to spend, like, another, what, 15 minutes uh, trying to understand the natives. It's a it's a tricky situation. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it could have definitely been done better, uh, but you do bring up a good point about the, at least we can talk to them. So, at least we're equals there, because in, in the remake, they're just the white people are just seen superior yeah. in every way. Yeah. Even with, like, the uh, 1930s sort of language was, like, um, I, there was some lines, like, no white man has ever stepped foot or something like right. that. Yeah. You know, like, even with lines like that, it still feels like they have a better yeah. uh, connection with mm -hmm. the native population. Um, and again, like, it's not a great achievement, right? Like, the uh, when the main 
the guy who plays kind of like the chieftain, I think, is a Steve Clemente in the original, who's just like a Mexican guy, right? So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I like that they could talk to them, and I thought that that scene worked better versus like random scaring with our guns. Like that just felt that felt weak. So yeah, uh, yeah. Not, nothing major to really report on for me, but I wanted to bring that distinction up. There's also another distinction. Like, once they kind of scare them away with their guns in the remake, that's it. We don't really see or hear from the natives at all, I believe, right? No, besides them, not really. Besides them, no. like, stealing Dwan, uh, no. kidnapping Dwan. Um, yeah, well, well, after they kidnapped Dwan, then they co come show up with the guns, and then they... The 4th of July, that's oh, their that code. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so then after that, the natives are just out of the film. Um, yeah, they didn't really put too much into the natives in the remake but the natives in the original they actually fight kong uh yeah. when he breaks through the gate so they get a little more screen time you know just showing shows that they have a little more agency too because they are able to fight and defend themselves they don't win against kong because right. um you know they're just throwing spears at him uh but you know <laughs> it's just funny because like i go i keep going back to that line beauty called the beast not the no it was you because <laughs> right. these people lived kind of peacefully with this huge monster and not only did you kill the monster but he also uh opened the gates so he destroyed their homes and right. now they don't have houses a lot of them are dead they just really got fucked in that original film yeah, yeah. and you know like you left these people without uh like you mentioned this calm defender status right like you took the apex kind of predator out of uh their lives like these dinosaurs are going to run free. It's going to yeah. be a problem. It's going to be a huge problem. And there's no more gate, too. Right. <laughs> you, you ruined everything. Beauty? No, it wasn't beauty, goddammit. It's like, I got my gas bombs. It's like, I, I understand yeah. that you have those. <laughs> but going back to, like, uh, the Clemens movie villainry, it's like, yeah, man, you screwed up a lot of people's existence and just kind of like, well, I mean, it must have been beauty. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, man. That's that's a great point, dude. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like uh, like you mentioned, the natives are feel a lot like an afterthought in this remake in a way that's kind of confusing given that, like how impressive the set is for them. Like, mm -hmm. it's like you really made that like gate look good in this movie, and uh, you don't really care about the people behind the gate. <laughs> it's like you're here so we can get the calm. You're here so we can dress. Uh, laying up in this, like, you know, the white gown get up and, yeah. Somehow in 1933, once again, uh, when it came to women and natives, somehow <laughs> handled it a little bit better. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> All right. We had already talked about it before, but maybe we can just um, go into it, just how, how cool it is when Kong fights all the other dinosaurs in the, uh, the original film. Like, like I said, he's got that finishing move where he puts his hand in the mouth and just separates it. And he does this great thing, too, in the original film. Like, after he's killed them, he kind of shakes their body around and then he, to, like, see if they're dead, and then he drops it. Like, I was watching with, with Sam, and then, like, every time he did that, he shook the body, he, she would always go, you dead? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote awesome. that, yeah, you dead? All right, we cool. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, it's a nice little touch, you know. It it's is. it's it's pretty realistic. Like, okay, I'm just making sure. All right, you're not a problem anymore. Yeah. All right. Because like it felt like um, they made all this attention to like Kong in this remake, and then you see the snake, and it's like, eh. yeah, <laughs> snake's like, eh, it doesn't look great, mm -hmm. you know. In the original, 
you just have such a variety the pterodactyl, the brontosaurus, the T Rex, and like, like you said, that you dead, like, yeah, you dead, man. I don't know, like, Kong just comes across really, uh, really well in those scenes. And I do, as cheesy as it is, I love like, um, when they start to escape, uh, Jack and, uh, um, and Daryl in the original, like, the way they shoot it with the the actors running towards the camera and like she just get whipped in the face by all these like plants i'm like can we can we help her <laughs> i i thought i really like that kind of like indiana jones style like running towards the camera action and yeah once again like as much of an advantage as the remake has in terms of production and what they can do the original really captured the action like in a way that was far more impressive to me like even um when we're in the jungle like that scene where kong's like shaking the log and guys was like one by one falling off i'm like mm, nah <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's i love the way they shot it though because kong's on a rear projection screen and then like the actors are just on this log that i guess must be on some type of rig to lift it so it looks yeah. like he's it's not really synced up that well though so like he like lifts he's still lifting while the log is stopped it's it's it is somewhat comical, but you can appreciate what I they appreciate were trying it. to do. I appreciate what they were trying to do. Um, I just think that, like, I, I like the, you know, I like the way that the, the falls happen and stuff like that. I would have thrown some Wilhelm screams in there. You know? <laughs> is this predate those? Uh, I think it might actually. Now know. I got to know when the Wilhelm scream came out. That's a great point. Actually, the Wilhelm scream is pretty old. Actually, I think it was around in. Um, it was used in an old film. Will Beginning Helm. in 1951. Yeah, so I was gonna it say. does predate the Wilhelm. Yeah, because uh, Wilhelm is a character in this old older film. And like Wilhelm, he's like, what? And he gets taken out. You get that classic. Ah! <laughs> um, no, I, I did like I did like the way that like the log scene sort of ended up. Basically, like the way they were falling and stuff, I thought was interesting. The rear projection was good, but like um the action is it's just like, yo, there's a big difference between like I'm shaking some guys off the log <laughs> or I'm fighting a fucking T-Rex, dude. Yeah. There's a difference. Of, okay, okay. <laughs> That's a good point. Yes. Shaking the log is not where near as exciting as fighting a T-Rex and then yeah. check it. You dead? All right. <laughs> and then like the scene where like uh Jeff Bridges he just got a lucky fall, like he's hanging off yeah. the side of this thing. And Kong is like, huh? <laughs> it, it looks pretty bad because there's this huge hole and for some reason king kong's not putting his hands and fingers in the hole he's just like oh i guess he's not here even though i could clearly just put all my whole hand my fist in there and just crush him yeah. but oh can't find it and it's weird because like jeff bridges who honestly should be pretending like he's not here anymore is like kicking at him and i'm like Dude, <laughs> stop stop you're doing nothing um i don't know i I did appreciate sort of the jungle, Skull Island, just, again, that universe that's built out in the original. In the remake, um, because we get this more interpersonal Kong, we do get to see more, like, little guys kicking at him. Dwan takes a couple of pretty hard shots at his nose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know, like, we replace some of this action with things like the 
great ape trying to blow dry the actress. I thought that was yeah that, weird. That, that's hot monkey breath. And yeah. then she's all like, yeah, breathe your monkey breath on me. I love it. Yeah. I'm so into this. <laughs> I just like what is his experience with human women that like he's like like oh I'm kind of like a a player monkey like he's kind of like, <laughs> he's got moves right it's like all right mm -hmm. like the, the original King Kong he's got the jawbreaker move like this guy's like <laughs> you okay baby girl like, <laughs> just so fucking weird <laughs> I yeah I. They definitely took away a lot of the action scenes in the remake, probably just to get a little more one-on-one -on -one time with Dwan and King Kong. Again, just to maybe paint him in a more sympathetic light. Yeah. Because if he's constantly killing things, then you just might think, well, he's just a violent <laughs> animal. It doesn't really matter if he dies because he's just so violent. Maybe the world's better off without him. But no, he's a nice guy. You yeah. know, he's just, just a nice guy, just taking his girl out, making sure she's dry. Right, you right, know, maybe right. taking her top off at inappropriate times when she's not asking for it. But you know, she didn't get mad about it, so it's okay, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's okay, yeah, that they did that. You make a good point, um, about sort of action, right? Like, this is the one time, um, from my experience with King Kong, where we are so focused on like his sort of humanization. Versus, like, pretty much every other time you got King Kong, it's like, what can we make him crush? <laughs> what can we make him, like, uh, destroy, you know? Um, like like we mentioned in a few days, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong is coming out. And, like, I'm not watching to find out if King Kong has found love again. I'm watching <laughs> who wins in a fucking fight, Godzilla or King Kong. And, like, um, you know, that's the groundwork that was laid in that original movie. It's like, all right, like, he's... He'll take out several reptilian, lizard, dinosaur things. Um, how do, like now I'm like, maybe he can take King uh, Godzilla. Yeah. Maybe, uh, if I was basing that off the remake, I'd be like, Godzilla's going to whoop this guy. <laughs> <in the ass."> <laughs> <laughs> it's not even going to be close. <laughs> Although, well, um, I, I was, was going to jump in. Although it is easier to take out the original king kong because all it took was one smoke bomb and he's out like that yeah for the remake it was a little more creative at least they had to do a pit huge barrels of chloroform you know That's it took cool. a little little more effort uh, so I'll, I'll applaud the remake there because at least oh yeah this is a giant ape i gotta take him out with just one smoke bomb i'm the director see i'm gonna throw a random <laughs> smoke bomb and nail it you should have yeah. done it like that boys you're all naval men why can't you fight like i can it i don't know that was a weak part yeah, in the real world for me <laughs> And then they kind of like go governor's travels, you know, like tie him up. It's a little weak. Um, yeah, I do love that. Uh, I seen the remake with the pit like that. Yeah, the way he falls in is really, really well done. Um, mm -hmm. Again, they start to, but they break it up with these like scenes of like I don't need to see the gorilla in the bottom of the ship and the girl going into the hole and like mm -hmm. I like more more of this, like more of these big set pieces action scenes mm. less of this like can we talk to him can we understand him because ultimately we know we can't because of uh uh they get pretty violent with kong towards the end of that film mm -hmm. um in a way that they they don't in the original like uh 
it's more or less kind of the same action, but like the result is uh, very different for our, our friend Kong. But yeah, you know, before we even talk about the ending, though, like I think I think you're right. Like they, the action. I was I was kind of off it earlier because of like the janky stop motion, but then like the pure scope of what he's doing is like, okay, right. yeah, I, I'm back, dude. <laughs> Versus like the remake where it's like, you've got these opportunities, like the log and stuff, like it's fine. But like maybe like more than one guy falls off at once so that we can move to like another action scene. Mm-hmm. The snake was not really a great choice for what Kong was going to fight. No. Um, it seemed like the easy, safe choice. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been really cool to see him fight something a little bit different. Um, yeah. Something more like an equal, like a T-Rex. Something that could stand, like, mono-mono to him. Not like this low snake that's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, it wrapped around his leg, and then, you know, <laughs> that was it, right? Like, yeah. I, I just, uh, I think they weren't trying to muddy the waters by having multiple giant beasts, because, like, in the 70s, you know, people are going to ask more questions. They might go back to the island and try to figure out more about it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, versus here where it's like, okay, it was a snake, but like, yeah. eh, big snake, plausible. We're not too worried about it. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I don't know. Felt like a missed opportunity there, though. It does feel like a missed opportunity. I guess I could understand it, too, because it does make Kong more of the central focus as opposed to the island. Like, you see dinosaurs on this island. You're like, what else is on this island? Like, yeah. I want to know in the original Skull Island on the, as opposed to the remake where it's like, well, I know Kong's there and there's kind of a boring snake, so I don't give a shit about the island. Yeah. I, just, I just care about Kong. So I could see why they did it. But I think it would have been more exciting, obviously, to just have yeah. those action set pieces yeah. against animals of like that are equal to Kong. Yeah, and like you could still do that in this film, right? Because at this point, Jack's really the only person that's seeing this, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got enough of a moral high ground that, like, he's like, "Hey, Dawn, we can't tell anyone what we saw because they'll come back to the island, right?" Like, I think that would work a little bit better versus what we got, because um. As much as like he's a paleontologist, he's interested in these types of things. Um, it doesn't feel like if you the other characters are already out of that sequence, so it's like you can start to introduce some really interesting big set piece uh, monsters. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I get it. Like uh, this film chose singularly focus on on Kong, like you mentioned, and that's cool. But I don't know. I miss the dinosaurs. <laughs> I do want to just mention um, an action scene that doesn't involve Kong in the original. Um, it's <laughs> when the the men like first like go beyond the door, and then they immediately run into a dinosaur, and they're like, "Wow, let's kill it!" Yeah. <laughs> and then they just start blasting, and they just kill this poor dinosaur that was just like you know just chilling. It's like this is some fucking trigger happy men <laughs> fucking oh, yeah. day. It was absurd. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Like you're just killing him, and then like he didn't die right away, Reggie. He kept yeah. fucking shooting that fucking thing in the head. I swear to God, there was there were at least three close-ups of just shooting him in the head because like is he dead? No, he's not. <laughs> Wait, yeah. he's dead. No, he's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it was brutal, man. It is brutal. It brutal. It brutal. Um, yeah, like the original though, they may have less firepower, which we'll get into. Uh, um, <laughs> in the original, they are far more willing to use uh, whatever they have at their disposal at anything. Um, like yeah. like we mentioned before, they they don't really care about like ultimately the native population. They're really just there for their big shot, this Kong thing. The remake, um, 
they really don't care about these people they found, <laughs> but uh, they just kind of disappear. So we don't get these like extra moments with uh, different creatures, unfortunately. But if you think about it, the filmmaker wants to film something that's never been seen before. Don't you think a fucking dinosaur? dinosaur would be pretty, pretty good. good. Hey, we didn't find the giant monkey, but you know what we found? Dinosaurs! It's like, yeah, fucking dinosaurs! No. Oh, is that what is that? A fucking dinosaur? Get the. It's yeah. like, come on, really? We're just yeah. gonna blow this this species I mean, that hasn't existed for millions of years. Yeah. You're just gonna blow it away? It's oh, just... arguably, like, yeah, like a grill of like a gland problem could get pretty big. <laughs> Like the dinosaurs, that's a fucking that's a big that's a big deal, man. You're you're making a great point. Like I came for the gorilla, I stayed for the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, a giant monkey that everybody could see at the zoo. It's like, all right, we're fucking dinosaurs. Dinosaurs fighting each other. Oh my god, this is it. Fuck the monkey. Dinos. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd. It is absurd. It's totally absurd. <laughs> That's why I think, like, I, th I think the remake maybe had a line like, don't shoot anything, because it's like, with the species that have never been seen before, it's like, do not shoot anything. Yeah. So I think that might have been, like, <laughs> something to address the original film, which is just like, let's just shoot everything, because we need a monkey. Yeah. I also think that, like, um, look, they uh, they spent their nut on the uh, the King Kong. They were like, look, we, yeah. we got Kong arms, we got Kong faces, <laughs> we got Kong suits, we got... What about the dinosaurs? Fuck the dinosaurs. What? <laughs> I already spent $20 million on the Yeah. We already got the shirts made. It's a monkey. It's not a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I guarantee they'd be pissed if, like, people in the movies were like, yeah, Kong was cool, but did you see that dinosaur? Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck yeah. that. Not on my watch. <laughs> it's a King Kong movie, you jerks. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, could have been another reason to not put it in the remake. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think about that until we started talking about it. I'm glad we did. <laughs> That's really cool, man. Um, I really don't think that there's a, there's a lot left from the character standpoint or the actual standpoint for us to mind. So it may be time to talk about how these movies choose to, uh, to end themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. All right. We'll start with 1933 because, mm -hmm. one, it's simpler. Yes. Um, <laughs> It's simple as shit, and uh, we get that great line that we've been alluding to. <laughs> so, like we mentioned in 1933, after Kong takes out, like, a pterodactyl or T-Rex and stuff like that, Jack and Anne run through the jungle, and they have that hilarious sequence I was talking about where she's getting whipped in the face. Um, the uh, <clears throat> As they break through the gate, um, like you mentioned... Carl Denham throws that gas bomb. Well, before that, I just okay. I do want to bring up, we were talking about the action. We didn't really go into like when the natives fight Kong. It's also right. another pretty impressive feat because you do have real people there and it looks like they are throwing spears into something that's clearly not in the same shot as them. So I just wanted to applaud the special effects during that sequence because it's pretty impressive seeing the natives fight this, you know, this stop motion <laughs> Kong. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's something that's been great point. Uh, something that's been referenced so much because like, I've seen like music videos and stuff like that where they try to emulate like that idea of like throwing on the spears. And it looked like it looks really good. It looks really good um, for the time. So once uh once Denim hits Kong with this gas bomb and they tie him up, we basically go right into New York City. They go to Broadway and they have King Kong, the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> um 
arbitrarily Ann and Jack are now engaged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. Because he not? loves her, he guesses. That's it, not how he said it. I think I love you, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Big I guess there. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're brought on the stage to sort of join this Kong. And they're surrounded by the press. And you get, like, those old school uh, cameras with the flash bulbs and stuff like that. And more or less, like, Kong completely misinterprets what's happening. It's pissed off and starts breaking off. And what we haven't talked about yet, that awesome score that they have for King Kong. Da, yes. Da, 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 da. It is, it's pretty good. <laughs> like, um, yeah, let's take a quick aside for that. That music works, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, as much as we were saying, like, this that live action stuff, like, when that music plays, it does make him feel bigger. It makes him feel yeah. real. So, like, that score that Max Steiner uses, I mean, it just works, dude. It's so good. It's fantastic. The movie, actually, we didn't talk about this. It actually starts with, like, an overture. It doesn't start with, like, yeah. any credits or anything. It's just this, uh, a shot from the movie. I don't know, just, like, a shot of something. I don't exactly know why. Then you just hear the score for a solid five minutes, maybe? And that it's really it's interesting too because like I usually like when I was younger I used to just fast forward through it but obviously we're doing this comparison so like it really does um, tell you what's gonna come up in this movie you know it's it's a little unsettling at times the score it's just like really slow and then it gets like big and bombastic and like marching just dun 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 so it's like you know like it's gonna get really exciting this adventure so it does a really good way of just painting of like what's to come in this movie um opening the movie that way it's i kind of like that i kind of wish more movies just kind of just let the movie just like take over i i I think so too i thought that like that overture actually really worked um i mean i was like same thing i was like kind of confused like okay so Mm -hmm. this is going like i started looking at the timestamps okay this has been going on for a while but no it works it's like sort of like sets your mind to be ready to watch like this particular film and I was going to say just one more other fact. So this movie is actually credited with being the first feature length uh, movie to have like a, an orchestral score. Wow. It's, well, it, there are movies that maybe came out earlier, but for some reason this one's like really credited um, with that honor. I, I think, dude, I think it just makes sense though. Cause like when you think about this score and what they're able to do with it and like, it's hard to make a puppet, you know, or like a stop action thing look interesting but once you add that music to it it, it's something else Mm -hmm. and uh it just reminds me like uh the rapper feral Monch samples that one of his songs called simon says and it's like that Mm. and then like when he does a beat it's like (laughs) like uh and just like that idea of like king kong and like godzilla speaking of that movie that's coming out does the same thing like when those Mm-hmm. And that stinger hits and like that monster comes out, it's climbing the building or it's coming out of the water. Yeah, dude, like the music yeah. is a huge part of what makes these like uh these sort of like American kaiju movie movies work. <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah. Well, now that we're done talking about how <laughs> awesome the music is, <laughs> King Kong, the ape under the world, uh sees these flash bulbs, he's like, fuck this. Breaks loose, the audience starts running away in terror, and they like get Anne out of there in the original film, and she's whisked away to a hotel room. And I'm not gonna lie, the sequence feels a little bit better to me, like Kong climbing the the hotel 
grabbing her out of there like that. Mm. That works a lot better than going to a random bar. <laughs> Whoa, is that the wrong going to random bars and picking up chicks, Rich? <laughs> yeah, in the middle of a, a the only in the first giant ape rampage in the history of New York City. I, <laughs> whatever. But we'll get to I, it when we talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But I like that he um they keep it kind of like condensed like this, right? So once Kong has uh and Continue this rampage with like his blonde sort of beauty in his hand, and we get the come on man, the one of the greatest scenes in film history. Mm-hmm. King Kong climbing the Empire State Building. Yes, <laughs> totally. Jack and um, randomly and some other people have planes now. They just okay. Yeah, sure. uh, they found planes with their little machine guns and they're shooting at Kong. Um, and like you said, just that that swipe, making it look like he's on the building, making it look like mm-hmm. the planes are surrounding him, immediately recognizable to anyone. So, army, police are shooting at Kong. Um, Jack runs to the top of the building with Denim following. The planes kind of like wait until King Kong, and this is where that human sort of empathy comes in. Mm-hmm. Kong puts Anne down because he recognizes the danger that she's in, and it, it is that moment in the film where it's like, okay, this this Kong's not all bad. Like he's got mm-hmm. this this good streak in him, but he's mortally wounded by the uh, the planes as he's fighting them off. He gazes at Anne one last time before he's hit uh, by more uh, gunfire. Falls from the tower to his death, and Jack and Anne and Denim reunite at the bottom of the building. Everyone's looking around. Uh, this very tragic, completely avoidable disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, as the street um, looks upon, someone's like, oh, the airplanes killed him. And, Jack, and uh, Denim says, wasn't the airplanes? <laughs> wasn't the airplanes that killed this, this creature? Oh, no. It was beauty towards killed the beast. Well, Denim, the airplanes got him. Oh, no. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. And completely removes himself <laughs> from the fact that he he went to an island where he knew a native population um, existed. Purely to uh, make more money from filming his shoot, he took a random woman off the streets of New York City, uh, put her in danger because the critics didn't like that he wasn't ha- didn't have enough women in his movies. Threw gas bombs at... Uh, uh, this island's like national fucking treasure. Um, shot dinosaurs on the island, <laughs> uh, enslaved a sentient being, um, and yeah, uh, basically put him on Broadway for display. Got don't, I was gonna say, don't forget, he also is the reason the natives' homes are destroyed, too. <laughs> That's right. I, I keep forgetting about the natives, and we shouldn't because their, their homes are destroyed. Um, Many parts of New York City are destroyed. I'm sure we did some damage to the Empire State Building. And the only thing that this prick has to say is <laughs> the opening line, the opening premise of his movie, "'Twas beauty that killed the beast." And, uh, you know, I, I forget who uh, who they quote at the beginning of the movie. Um, it, was a, it was an Arabian proverb, but I don't think it's really a proverb. I think it was made up. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, which is basically like, you know, the, the creature gazed upon... Her and was you know 
was transfixed. Like he was no longer like this cruel, un you know, violent beast because he gazed upon this beauty. And like they really wanted to stick that landing at the end. And uh <laughs> it's just such a like cheesy hack line. I, I love it though. I'm glad that it's there. Uh, but it's just like I just quite the villain move to be like, mm -hmm. it wasn't helicopters with me or anything. It was just, you know, um uh, uh, beautiful woman. That's what that's it's a fall of man, right, guys? All right. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, non refundable those tickets. <laughs> non refundable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I like I like the. Uh, oh, sorry. So I found it here. That old Arabian proverb is actually a quote from the producer of the film. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that that makes sense. That makes sense. You just do that. You just you, know. you can just say yeah, old ancient proverb from lands we don't know about. Yeah, yeah. You know the, the classic Confucius says is like I don't think he did. <laughs> but um, what I what I appreciate about this ending one is like I think that the scene with the uh, the Empire State Building, the planes, mm -hmm. it's just it's iconic. It's classic. Mm -hmm. It's neat. It's condensed. We get the gorilla to put and down, which you know brings him back into like this sort of like heroic thing and the death becomes tragic. And although a complete dummy is kind of like moralizing it, uh, it's still like, I think they stuck that landing pretty well. Um, not really that interested in what happens to Jack and Anne after that. Uh, no. They kind of allude to it, but uh, not, not really that interesting to me. I, I think they're like, we realize that through our exploitation, we destroyed the mighty Kong and uh, it's a shame. Yeah. Damn shame. It is a damn shame. No, it is a really solid ending. Um, you know, I knew about the iconic moment of him swatting at planes on top of the Empire State Building, but like they really did a great job. I like, say like he's not really able to emote or be so sympathetic in the original film, but there are moments like towards the end of his demise when he does put Anne down and he's just he's been shot up a bunch and he's just kind of like he kind of knows it's over and he's just kind of like there and just like trying to like, I don't know, just be with Anne like for one final moment and yeah. it's it's really is a beautiful moment in the film i didn't expect to feel <laughs> watching that old film but right. it's just great it's just him and then he's just trying to be with Anne. just he's I'm, I'm done fighting it's over i just want to be with her and he's still getting fucking shot too it's, yeah. it's re it really is heartbreaking and they you know when you think of a movie that's almost 90 years old to do that for a stop motion gorilla it's it's quite yeah. incredible what a yeah. feat yeah. bravo bravo again su super effective because like at that moment too i agree that like i'm totally i'm team kong man yeah like, what the fuck guys yeah. can we stop shooting them and like you know they're not going to yeah. and it's uh yeah no it's like it's legitimately sad <laughs> i was kind of bummed out <laughs> yeah uh so you know um kudos like you mentioned kudos to the film for just pulling that off brilliant choice to make the Empire State Building. I mean, yeah. like, you, you can't beat that. It's like, everyone knows what that is. Mm -hmm. The idea of like this giant ape or, you know, hanging off of the Empire State Building. You, you don't even have to see the movie, right? Like I had never really seen the movie, but I knew about that scene. And I knew yeah. about that end. And it's, I don't know, it's just so well done. Um, can't say enough about it. Really, what I really enjoy about it is that it's concise. 
Yeah, it's really cool too because you know Empire State Building's been around forever. The Empire State Building is only finished construction in 1930, three years before the film wow. came out. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive. That's really cool. That's really cool. The remake. Or no, that's when construction started, I oh, should sorry. say. So, it was actually finished in 1931. <laughs> My bad. Wow, so, so wow, really, cool. even newer. That's that's pretty cool. The remake. The uh, remake. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. So the remake, you know, like we said, we had this this pit trap on uh the, the island in, in um this island off the Indian Ocean. They're not really calling it Skull Island, but it's Skull Island, right? Mm -hmm, um, right. Um, they got the pit. They got the chloroform. Like I mentioned, um, we get these extra scenes and. Beyond just the fact that they captured Kong, we also know in this original film that though there was oil there, it's a bust. The oil is of poor quality. So Fred Wilson character, he's got completely pivot. And uh, his pivot is I'm taking Kong back to New York City. Uh, as I mentioned, on the tanker on their way back, um, we get this more sort of humanized caged Kong moment, which, uh, you know, adds a little bit of that sadness, uh, even though Judith Lang... <laughs> kind of hamming it up. Jessica Lang? Yeah, sorry. And even though Jessica Lang is kind of hamming it up. So basically, uh, Kong becomes this gimmick for his little Petrox oil company. When they reach uh, New York City, Kong's put on, dis on display in a similar way. Um, a lot more... Paper. Frenzy? Definitely a lot more frenzied, a lot more... Um, of a display, like, yes, even though we had the King Kong, eighth wonder of the world, the original film, this is that glitz and lights that we're getting from this uh, display is, is a bit more. And like we mentioned, at this point in the film, Jack is like, I don't want anything to do with your little circus, basically. Mm -hmm. We got more interaction between our sort of lead and villain as well, because the lead basically, like, I'm fed up. I don't want to be part of your, your little thing. And he tries to get Dwan to join him, but she renegs yeah so that that part is interesting right when dawn tries to join him and when he wants dawn yeah dawn to join him and she's like i don't know man flashlights <laughs> dude like, this, is, this is what i came here for i'm here for the show <laughs> so like that's a that's a bold move making dawn uh who's already pretty unlikable <laughs> more likable because she's like so self-interested here and like right. jeff bridges is kind of disappointment there Mm -hmm. is uh palpable really <clears throat> you want to try to want to try to do this part i'm yeah I'm sure like, yeah, yeah yeah sure um so i'll take it i'll just take it from there so yeah um jack's trying to leave and he's like oh fuck you i don't want your money come on dawn come with me come with me and she, like you said she's like no this is this is why i'm here you don't understand jack surely you can understand but jack jack can't understand and he kind of gives her this look like all right, it's over. <laughs> he kind of just like kind of walks away, but he doesn't leave. He does stay to see the, the, the frenzy, I guess, as I called it. Um, so there's this huge thing where uh, <laughs> it's like a stadium. I would, I would say like the original is more like um, these upperclassmen going to like theater while the remake just seems like ordinary people going to see monster trucks or something. That's yeah. kind of the, the feel of each movie. At least that's the way I thought it looked anyway so there's like a ton of people like a stadium full of people and then uh fred wilson is just like you know he's just 
you know, yucking it up like, we got it, we got this thing, you're going to be blown away while we show you what's under this huge gas station pump thing, because they got this, like you said, this Petrox thing, so Kong's not just in a cage, he's like covered in this huge gas station pump, (laughs) which, which is lifted off of him, and then it's unveiled that it's Kong, it's like pretty cruel, it's just like, in this cage, you can't even fucking move, because the cage is so tight, um, and not only is he caged up, he's also chained up his hands and his legs, and uh, they, for some reason, decided to reenact the sacrifice of Anne, so she is also tied up the way she was tied up on Skull Island, um, sure, why not, and then, um, while, after Kong's been unveiled, he can see her, um, and then all the press comes up to her and they start like hounding her and then you know kong interprets that that she's in danger so what does kong do he does what he does best and just starts to break out of the chains starts <laughs> so he breaks out of the chains and then uh wilson's like don't worry he's still in that cage rips open the cage he's like don't worry his feet are still <laughs> chained up rips off the chains on his feet he's like everything he's saying is just going terribly wrong and he eventually gets out and then um everybody just starts to scatter and uh, Kong's loose, and he does see Fred Wilson there, and he just fucking, ah, you just, just for you, man, just steps on him, squishes him, okay. and you see his foot just like, totally flatten him out, and then they lift the foot. I'm like, they're gonna show it? Oh, show me, show me! But they, they don't show you the whole yeah. his body after that. I wish they did. Be bold, movie. Anyway, so he's causing a frenzy. Everybody in New York's like, oh, everybody just stay indoors. You will be fired upon if you're seen. And it's pretty funny, too, because, like, there are helicopters going around, and then this is one moment where, like, Kong, like, sees a helicopter, and he, like, hides behind a building. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe if I just hide here, they won't see the giant ape yeah. around New York. <laughs> so, while this is happening, um, of course, Jack and Dwan are escaping, and like we mentioned before, Dwan's like, you know what, Jack? <laughs> I really could use a drink. It's like, Jack's like, no, 10 more blocks and we'll be completely safe. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, but I could also use a drink. And he's like, fine, I guess we'll do that. So they go to a, an empty bar because every place has been abandoned. Everybody's just hiding in their homes. And then they just talk. And it's like, you know, you have you want King Kong raging through New York and you get boring Dwan just talking to Jack. And it's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? And then, like, finally, like, dawns upon Jack. Dawn, get it? It finally dawns upon Jack that, um, where King Kong might be going. Because, for some reason, the Twin Towers look like something that I don't remember seeing earlier in the movie. Yeah, I know. It it was pretty weak, but, um, he figures out that he's gonna go to the Twin Towers. So, Jack calls the government? Uh, He calls somebody on the phone and tells them, like, I'll tell you where King Kong's going, but you can't hurt him. You just have to, like, trap him with nets because that'll work. Um, So everybody's like, all right, we're going to send people there and we won't hurt him. But, like, while they're doing this, Kong's like, I found you. So he goes and he grabs Dwan. Very stealthy, I must say, for for a giant monster. Um, He's able to get her. And, like, it's funny, too, because, like, he's really slow and Dwan's kind of just like, all right, <laughs> like she doesn't really fight him. She doesn't try to run. She just gets taken by Kong. Jack sees him. He's like, no, and like starts to chase. And uh, you know, like we said, uh, he's got to climb the building. He does not climb the Empire State Building in this. Instead, he climbs the Twin Towers, um, which also like this movie came out in 1976. The Twin Towers finished construction in the early 70s, so they were pretty new at the same time too. So he climbs up one of the towers. 
is able to make it to the top. Um, and again, we we have well, first we have uh, our soldiers climb up to the tower, and they got fucking flamethrowers, and they're yeah. just trying to burn him, man. It's like, damn, this is fucking cruel. So he's like, fuck this. He jumps from one tower to the other. He throws something at them. They fucking explode. He's like, fuck you for trying to burn me, assholes. I'm the king. And then they're like, oh, what are we going to do? So, like, Jack's, like, in the other tower that he jumped off of. So he's, like, just watching at this point. He's, he's helpless. He can't really do anything. And then um, the the army brings out their helicopters. And they got fucking these huge-ass Gatling guns. They're, yeah. they're, they're not fucking about They're not the little dinky guns they had on the planes in the original film. They got these fucking powerful things that will turn anything into Swiss cheese, even King Kong. And it does, pretty much. Like, yeah. they just destroy him. Like, he's covered in blood <laughs> pretty yeah. graphic like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah they're like he's just being blown apart it's he he can't do anything he's able to take out maybe one or two helicopters but it's just too much firepower for him he does put dwan down he does have that moment again of humanity like i gotta save her and she even says no don't put me down because they'll kill you if you put me down he's like i love you stay safe um so he gets shot a lot finally just like goes down he doesn't fall immediately like he kind of has like one quick moment with dwan and then he falls off between yeah. towers and falls to his death ultimately there's no stupid line about beauty and the beast but like there's another frenzy there's just tons of people around his body somehow dwan gets down there i don't exactly know but she's at the bottom too and then she's like freaking out she's like jack 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 starts running towards her and then he stops and he's like no he's <laughs> like this is kind of her and i i don't want any part of this actually so you know you think they're we're gonna have our love interest reunite at the end but jack ultimately decides no when the movie kind of just ends with her screaming for jack it's yeah. actually a pretty dark ending yeah um, all things considered i mean obviously the death of king kong is pretty dark but like even for our protagonist like you think they're gonna have a happy ending they they don't which which i can appreciate right like yes uh, yes i i think that given what we know about Duong, who's kind of like this sort of mm -hmm. like free spirit, kind of free agent, um, who's made her choice. She right. chose kind of fame over uh, mm -hmm. everything else. And even though she may have had this revelation after the fact, like uh, she already crossed this bridge that like Jeff Bridges <laughs> um, uh, character is not, he's done. He's done with her. And um, it's really uh it's really sad, like, when you see that ending, like, just the sheer amount of firepower, like you mentioned, the flamethrowers, the Gatlin guns, and stuff like that, like, the, it's so much more visceral the way they take out this Kong. Yeah. And um, because I think there are moments where the humanizing doesn't really work, but because they put in that work, it is even more tragic as mm -hmm. uh, this character falls to his death on this, like, concrete, and um, it's more tragic that it's not going to work out for our... Uh, our leads either so mm -hmm. um i do appreciate the movie taking those big swings yeah and i i really like a lot of the set piece action in the city like uh when he takes out that subway train i thought that was really cool oh, yeah. stuff like that um like i don't know like breaking it up with that bar scene though yeah that was that was 
strange. I would take that out. I wouldn't put that in. That, yeah. That's dumb. What you do is you just hide in a building or something like in the original, and then he can climb a building and take her out because that's such a that's such a cool moment to see his face and just reaching in. But like, no, I got to hunch over this underground bar. By the way, kind of like Cheers, where the yeah. steps go down. It's it's like, how the fuck did he find her? I know. <laughs> like, it yeah. makes sense. He's climbing a building and just like, oh yeah, there she is. But like randomly wandering through New York and finding her in a dive bar. It's I don't know. That was that was a weak part. That's the weakest part of the ending for sure. Yeah, yeah. but um, I think that one of the big things we get. And I think you mentioned this a little bit in your description. There is a, a difference in the, like the feeling, right? Like this sort of high society, um, you know, theater crowd that's like gaze upon this guy off of Broadway. Twenty dollars for a ticket? How absurd! <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like even the woman's disappointment is like it's not a movie. Why the fuck am I here? <laughs> this is whack. And, uh, you know, here it is. Like, uh, I I really do like the original kind of set, like the eighth wonder of the world and yeah. the way he's tied up. It just, that looks better than this little tiny sad cage, you know. Um, the remake just felt kind of like, and it makes sense because it's the 70s, it just felt more like commercial, right? You got the Petrox uh, pump, you got this... Uh, <laughs> These flashy lights and all this stuff, the guy on the, the mic. Um, and even like the way Kong dies, like the way the crowd sort of yeah. gawks at him, it feels more like consumer, it's more capitalist in a way like the original was like, such a tragedy. How could this have happened? The remake is just like, well, damn, look at that. And like, <laughs> it's, it's just more of the common people. Yeah. And uh, it feels more like, Besides the failure of like that one guy, it feels like the failure of our society that like yeah this happened to Kong. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a pretty realistic take. I mean, if it happened today, it'd pretty much be the same thing. Oh, yeah. That people would be okay. taking selfies in front of his dead body. Hey, check it out, dead eighth wonder of the world. So I I, I do like um, how everything's just like increased, like the crowd, just the frenzy, as I keep referring. It's I like that inclusion, and you know the way that they uh, the way they pull off like. His last moments, like that concrete under him being busted up and stuff. It's just a, a really cool shot, you know. Um, again, that humanizing emotion coming off of Kong mm -hmm. really sells this sad ending. Um, mm -hmm. And look, I, I prefer that you opt for a sad ending, you know. Like, I yeah, think that of course. it works really well. The original, like, the sort of optimism of uh, Jack and Anne's uh, future, it's kind of offsetting. Also yeah, by like what we saw, like I don't really care what happens to them. Exactly. Well, the movie doesn't end with them, so I guess you're able to kind of let go of that from the original film. But I do like the decision, the remake, to not have them just embrace each other, to have Jack go, "No, <laughs> I don't want you. You have your press. This is what you want. So mm -hmm. go. I, I no, I'm not coming to you, even though you. She's screaming for his name." And he, yeah. said, he just said, no, what a bold choice. And yeah. I think it's definitely the right one because it would have been such so off-putting to just have them hugging and kissing over, while Kong's course is just like, you know, right there, still fresh. So right. I really like the decision to have them be at Dire Straits with their relationship as opposed to this happily, we're going to get married soon still. Yeah. Right? It's, it's just a great choice. Like, uh, it's a great choice to do it that way. And... It just goes back to if if you think about it, like while you're watching the film, it's like besides her looks, like what do these two have in common? You know, right. like this guy's a paleontologist. She's like kind of an airhead, you know, and mm -hmm. um, she is pretty 
I don't want to say selfish, but she's pretty like self-centered. She's mostly oh, yeah. concerned with herself. Um, mm-hmm. It's very apparent when, even after she's like interacts with Kong and has this relationship with him, she's willing to sell him out for fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah, man, I think that uh, that type of character getting that type of ending was very appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm glad they stuck their guns and didn't do a cheesy Hollywood yeah. finish. Yeah, agreed. So. Ooh, right. Ru- what they did to Kong in that. <sighs> Bloody, it's just it's it's insane. Like he's his whole his fur is just covered in blood. It's yeah. like, oh man, it's yeah. really tough to really... watch, actually. Tough to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sad endings. Damn us for we're the real monsters. The yep. man. <laughs> um Yeah, like uh I mean that's that's the ending. I know we we talked about this a little bit, but uh Going back to the music, um, with the overture in the original, with that, dun, 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 like that, that little stinger or whatever, um, the music was very memorable in the original, mm-hmm. and I'm struggling to remember. Um, I'm struggling to remember a lot about the remakes' music. Hold up, I got the guy's name here. I'm struggling to remember what like John Barry did here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, maybe because of such a character study. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I just really don't remember how the music was in the movie, which, you know, could be a good thing. If it doesn't yeah. take you out of it, then um, it did its job. But, you know, just not as memorable as the, the score in the original film. I don't even think it was like a an interpretation or... Was that music from the original? I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I, I think, think it was, was completely original. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, serviceable. Um, you know, worked um, when it worked. You know, it got the job done. It, it didn't really take me out of it. But just that score in the original, it's definitely that overture was a great idea. And I love how they use the music, too. Like, after you hear the music in that opening, you don't hear really music again until they're on the island and, like, they're doing the ceremony for Kong. It's like, they use the music very sparingly in the original film, which I think just helps it. Yeah. Um, it just makes it more memorable that way because like when you hear the music, it's kind of like the Jaws theme thing, right? So you hear the Jaws theme, oh, I know the Jaws is coming. You hear kind of Kong's music, oh, something's going to happen with Kong. And they just use it really well in the original film as opposed to the remake where, yeah, I can't remember how they use the music, but I'm sure it was good because I didn't complain. So Yeah, yeah. I think the only time I'm really remembering music is... uh sort of the skull island type scene you know like the native kind of music in the background and stuff like that yeah um it so like you mentioned it doesn't take you out of the movie at all in fact it blends really well the fact that like we're not making huge notes on it um but that original when you hear the music yeah you know it's on right like it's, it's about to go down and uh i i would say that overall the music in the original just the amount of times i've heard that that sound sampled in different things. Um, yeah, dude, it's perfect. perfect. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. so I guess right. we're at the point now where we have to ask ourselves, Dan, <laughs> should this remake of King Kong exist? Should the remake exist? So the remake is a whopping half an hour longer <laughs> than the original. I think the original is about hour 45. Remake's two hours and 15 minutes. And... You know, the original, I'm oh, sorry, and the remake is able to do things to differentiate itself. You know, it changes 
our kind of lead villain. He's no longer a director. He's looking for oil. And I do like the portrayal of that character. I like the Jeff Bridges' Jack. There's definitely weak points with Jessica Lange's Dwan. Definitely the weakest link in the movie. But, um, you know, they did some interesting things there with the special effects. They didn't stick with the motion capture. They did a guy in an animatr animatronic suit, um, which I think is pretty interesting. They changed the ending location. You know, the original film, the climax is on the Empire State Building, which was recently constructed. constructed, And then the, um, the remake ends on the Twin Towers, which were also recently constructed. And I don't know. I think that's a solid choice. Um, there's a lot of good decisions in the remake. Um, I don't know. I was I was engaged enough, and I think I think it should exist. Uh, I like Jeff Bridges' character. I like um, I like Charles Grodin's character, the Fred Wilson. I thought he's a much better villain. I you know Dawn definitely the weakest part. I could definitely appreciate the animatronics. Like I'm a big practical special effects guy, so like you know. Doing something different without like going completely like off the rails. Um, I really like what they did, and you know it's it's pretty solid. I'd, I'd say. I mean, well, I mean, let me think. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a pretty good film overall. I mean, you know, the classic is is what it is, um, but I think they did enough different things, and it was just interesting to me to see. And uh, other than Dwan, I, I think I really enjoyed it actually. Jumping in myself, like I would say, yeah, Dwan is clearly a problem uh, with the film. But in, in some ways, too, like this, like, kind of madcap, unhinged <laughs> character, uh, there's something kind of appealing about getting that on film, too. I'm just like, what a weird choice. Like, right? <laughs> um, uh, Jeff Bridges just really helps ground this film mm -hmm. and make you kind of want to watch it. Especially with that runtime, right? Like, yeah, I I need Jeff Bridges there because if it's someone less charismatic, someone less interesting, I don't think I finish the movie, right? Um, mm -hmm. But because of his his acting, uh, holds up really well. Like we mentioned, um, the Fred Wilson character, that uh, a, a strong foil that keeps things sort of interesting throughout the film and uh, finds a lot of humor out of that character, even in his villainy. I struggle with uh, some of, you know, the animatronics or like how they decided to use it. Like I said, the blow drying stuff, weird. Um, <laughs> the hand not, you know, just grabbing the guy, a little weak. But um, look, it, that stuff did capture my imagination when I was young. Like I mentioned, I, uh, I went to Universal Studios. I was in the hand. I, like, mm -hmm. you know, they got that scale right. Um, so... Because they did a good job of fleshing out the story with the, the oil company and stuff like that, giving us a little bit more kind of something to chew on in terms of the story and um, overall making this sort of empathetic human Kong with Jeff Bridges ultimately being kind of like our, our nice little moral compass. I thought that the movie definitely was solid enough to exist. Um, I still think I prefer overall the original movie. Um, if I had to watch it again, I think I would be watching that one. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the remake has a relatively <laughs> strong cast, and uh, mm -hmm. I definitely enjoy watching the film, and it should exist. Yeah, I think the human characters, maybe except for Don, are just 
to just have better <laughs> stories, better arcs in the remake for sure. Like we keep bringing back Jeff Bridges' character just because he's just such a good Very character. Good. Uh, so much better than the Jack in the original film. He's so forgettable. I mean, the star of the original film is definitely the stop motion, hands down, easily. Um, you know, the animatronics are pretty impressive in the remake, but you know, without Jeff Bridges, that movie doesn't really work i don't think so you you need that <laughs> strong lead actor and thankfully jeff bridges is able to to do what he does so um yeah while i like all the special effects and i think i prefer like all the kong scenes of the original film i just the characters are just uh, minus dawn the characters are a step up in the remake for sure so, so. yeah no um i i don't agree i think that human element is what puts this movie into that camp of like Mm -hmm. uh should exist in watchable yep so yeah yeah because uh i can remove 99 percent well pretty much you can move every human actor in the original film and mm -hmm. it's still yeah <laughs> you know and you, you still could pull that movie off um you cannot say the same about this remake no no cool cool well that was king kong that was our king kong all right so we got to pick a new episode for next time. Yeah. I've done zero thought on this. <laughs> I've been putting some thought into it. But I was leaning towards sci-fi because I know Kong's kind of, man, I don't know. How would you classify it? It's fantasy, sci-fi? Yeah, it's, it's got a monster, horror maybe even. Um, I was kind of leaning towards the day the earth stood still. Actually, just kidding. Let's actually do Justice League for yeah, next week. Yeah. We changed our minds. Yeah, right? we changed our minds. We're allowed so. to do that. Yeah, so Justice League, the Whedon cut versus Snyder cut. That's, that's what we'll call it for now. <laughs> that does it for us. That was our comparison of the King Kong films. What did you guys think? Did you agree with us? Did you disagree with us? Did we miss something? Please let us know in the comments. Yeah, as always, thanks for uh, thanks for watching. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Retro versus Remake. You can listen to this. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes. On Spotify, I'm sure we're on Google Play probably. Um, and uh, check us out on YouTube at Retro versus Remake. Enjoy what are you doing? <laughs> um, please like, subscribe, five star ratings, all that good stuff. Really appreciate it. It helps uh, the platform when you do so. And yeah, as always, thank you for joining us. And I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. This has been another episode of. Retro versus remake. Ah! <laughs> He's had enough. <laughs> <laughs>